Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. John Ledyard from FanRag Sports and NDT Scouting, along with Trevor Sycamore from PewterReport.com, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's Fan Friday, Trev. We haven't done it in like a month. Got to get to the people's questions. Yeah, there, there's a lot of them. Yeah, there there's is. A lot we got, uh, you guys were chomping at a bit. Yeah. And we fell back because we didn't get to get to everybody's questions during the draft. Um, so this will be a good opportunity for us to roll through. We got 44. Or more, I'm not sure. Cause I'm not There's no way we're going to get the all 44. Don't doubt us. Here we go. Okay. From Josiah Jones, if you had to pick today, who are your 2018 offensive and defensive rookies of the year? Mine would be Darius Geis and Bradley Chubb. Um, I think mine would be... See, now you're slow playing us. We have not looked at any of these questions at a time, by the way. So we're just firing takes. I'm going to say. I mean, Roquan's a pretty good bet, too. Right. I'm going to say I'm going to say Baker Mayfield and Roquan Smith. Okay, All right. Baker and Roquan. Better player, Nick or Joey Bosa. Part two, who is the best player on the Clemson D-line? So two-part question here. Um, Joey Bosa is the better player, and the best player on the Clemson D-line is... I need to watch Lawrence a little bit more, but I still think Farrell's probably the best. I'm not sure any of them are around one guys, though. I'm going to say Lawrence and Joey. I'm I'm going to say that. Okay. Uh, So... What are at Tampa Bay Trey's thoughts on the parrot whiffing the Bucks pick? Yeah, that was weird. Like, they didn't, they're like, oh, a parrot's going to announce the pick. And then all the parrot did was like fly in and like give them the pick. So, like, I don't know. We were all duped. We were all, in, us in Tampa Bay, we were all hoodwinked as well. So, um, we were outraged. Jason Light came out on Good Morning Football and said that they released the parrot, uh, from the roster. So, uh, it sounded like a pretty serious team issue. Yeah, no, it is. To address. Should yeah. the Steelers make any moves to help the outside linebacker slash inside linebacker depth on the team? Yeah, they should have made him in the freaking draft, but they didn't, and now they're screwed. So basically no pass rush from the <laughs> <laughs> And no, I mean, they're just rolling with John Bostick and Vince Williams at linebacker, man. The only thing I can think of, Eric, is that they might switch Marcus Allen to linebacker. That'll be something to keep an eye on. I mean, he's 215 already. He basically plays – like a linebacker as it is. So um, that would intrigue me. Anything else? Just... Allen's not going to play linebacker. Shut why up. It? Why do you say that? Why not? He's like 210 pounds. He's 215 and he's 6'2 plus. Okay, so that's five pounds above a bare minimum. So and doesn't the vast exist. majority of linebackers in the league are like six foot, six foot one. So he's taller than them. He has more room on his frame to be able to put on weight if he needed to. He could easily get to 225. And he plays so instinctive around the box, he doesn't need that much more weight on him. Y'all think linebackers still have to be like 240 or something. These linebackers are 225, 230 these days. You you know, you're screwed if you play it that weight and you can't think the game quickly. But if you can, you're fine. He tag, He's a great tackler. He never gets caught up on blocks on tape because he feels it. He knows where the ball's going. Y'all overthink it, man. Now he's going on. Now he's going on feel, folks. I'm, I'm salty. Uh, is Drake and Josh overrated or timeless? Hashtag Fan Friday. Man, Zach Celadoni asked us like five questions. 
Drake and Josh overrated or timeless? Uh, Hashtag Fan Friday. I think, I think like years ago, I would have said it was overrated, but now it's it's been thrown into like a part of meme culture. So I think now it's now it's timeless. Now it's now it's gonna be timeless. So you're going with the timeless option. I've never yeah, wa- I've yeah. never watched it so. Jeez, man, yeah. what? Well, looks. Don't think uh, that looks like my my speed there. Looks about perfect for you, maybe. Uh, you <laughs> let me down, dude. <laughs> Texans... Every freaking week, it's a new thing. <laughs> what was it last week? I, something I don't know. Texans released their rookie jersey numbers, and Justin Reed picked thirty-eight. Oh my. Wow. Oh, my. If I would have known that, I would not have been caping to draft him. How big of a mistake will this be for him in the long run? It's devastating. It's not how big of a mistake it'll be for him. He's the one who picked it. It's the Texans who now have to admit the mistake of picking a guy who would pick number 38. Right. And the fact that it'll suck because nobody is good that wears number 38. Will he change it after the preseason? Dear God. God, I hope so. Maybe he's waiting for the, somebody else to get cut, and he's gonna take their number. Did Baker take six? Wearing six? I don't. I don't know what he's wearing. Quarterbacks really can't go too wrong, you know. Sure, they can. What? Do you, what's wrong for a quarterback? I think fourteen is a terrible number. What? I'm trying to think of a good quarterback that wore fourteen. I think thirteen is also a terrible number. It's not terrible. Single 16, digits are the way 16, to go. I think sixteen is a terrible number. Single digits are the way to go if you're a quarterback. But I don't think it's like – it's not like picking 38. My goodness. How about when those DBs, yeah, they, a team signs a DB late and they come to camp and they pick 46 or something like that? Like a corner? Yeah. Screwed. Yeah. Career's over. Yeah. You can't yeah. overcome it. Such an uphill battle, man. It is. Make things way harder for themselves. Uh, should pass rusher needy teams prepare themselves to trade the farm for Nick Bosa? Yes. You think he's that good? <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I do. I, do I wouldn't trade the farm for him. I mean, I don't know what the far, farm means. Well, what but... do you got on the farm? You know what I'm saying? Cows, chickens, you know? maybe a pig or two. Like a dairy farm? You're talking about a could be you know? multiple animals. Could have a llama on there. You never know. Uh, <laughs> llama farm? Uh, no, I think Nick Bose is really good, though. Um, he I is really good. Do. Yeah. There's not many guys I would trade the farm for. I mean, um, I think I think Nick Bosa and Ed Oliver are gonna be top three picks. Yeah, they're both super in the good. draft. And so, like, if you're talking about two really important positions like that, and guys that could get after the passer and make tackles in the backfield, then yeah, you're obviously gonna bring into the conversation teams that are gonna be willing to trade multiple picks for them. Right. If Marcus Davenport's worth two first round picks, right. what's Nick Bosa worth? Uh, well, he's not worth two first round picks though. There's the well, there's the catch. You're worth what somebody will pay you. Am I right? Or am I right? Yeah, you are wrong. <laughs> I mean, that happened once. We'll see. I don't know. Plus to get Nick Bosa, you'd have to trade into the top ten, top five, so three, that's gonna be three. 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 So how accurate or inaccurate are the Laletta and Garoppolo comparisons? Probably one of the worst comparisons I saw all, all offseason. Just terrible. Not okay. So I get people think that they're similar because neither are like big, and in both are like kind of an unflappable, laid back demeanor. 
But first of all, they're extremely inaccurate because Jimmy Garoppolo is on another level of good looking. Second of all, <laughs> Garoppolo's arm is way stronger than Loletta's. Like, way stronger. And his release is way quicker than Loletta's. It's that not was, even that close. Was my biggest, that was my biggest thing that I liked about Garoppolo coming out is that he could fire that thing quick, fast, and hard on on so many different passes. That's what college. you said. And yes, you okay. are right. About Loletta just does not do that. No, he doesn't. When Loletta th- tries to throw a zip, his like whole body has to come with him. Yeah, it's and like he, he puts the ball decently yeah. on on points, but it, it he makes it so much. Put it this more way: more things have to go right. He has to put right. way more effort into it, and that's a big deal in the NFL. I didn't know anything about anything when Garoppolo's class came out, and I thought he was a future starting quarterback in the NFL. I was like, this guy's good. Yeah, so, so we're both. Uh, Big Garoppolo fans. How does Mayfield fit into a Todd Haley offense? Uh, good question. Uh, traditionally, I would say that he would not. If you would ask me to pick who Todd Haley's quarterback rankings were in this past draft, I would have said probably Darnold, Rosen, Allen, some combination of those three at the top, and then Baker and then Lamar. That's how I would have I would have figured it into Todd Haley's offense. So, this was a sign to me that Dorsey is making the decisions for sure. Um, and, you know, I don't know that they're going to run all Hughes stuff, but I would guess it's going to be more of a Hugh Jackson type offense than a Todd Haley type offense. So, how Haley meshes with that, we'll see. I'm sure they'll combine in some ways. And their offense is just going to be really fascinating to me to see because Hughes done a lot of different stuff. Haley's done a lot of different stuff, but their most recent offenses didn't really look that similar to me. So, um, I think that he'll he'll fit in more to a Hugh Jackson offense and answer that question than he will, you know, a traditional Todd Haley offense. But he can do I mean Mayfield can do a little bit of everything. Like I do think his deep ball accuracy needs to improve, but I you know, and and how Todd Haley loves to throw the vertical ball. Um, but I, I don't think it's debilitatingly bad or anything. Um so I think he'll still fit. Mayfield's listening to this podcast and using that as motivation. So that probably is. He's going to come out uh, for the tunnel in the first game, and he's going to have a shirt on that says, can't throw the deep ball or something <laughs> like that. And it's just going to say, Ledyard said I wouldn't be the pig. <laughs> I'm a fan, trust me. Uh, can you do a podcast with Dane Brugler and discuss players you rated differently? I respect both your opinions very much, but in a number of players, you are a few rounds apart. Dane is awesome. Uh, we have done podcasts with him before in the past. Uh, I don't know if we'll be able to do one with him uh, now or not, but we can maybe look into that. But uh, yeah, yeah try. everybody's always going to rate players differently. I mean, it's that's just always how it's going to be. Um, you know, I don't I don't know exactly who you're thinking of, the Dane. Or I'm trying to think of who Dane definitely has differently than than I did. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, that's always going to be part of the process. That's part of what makes it fun. Uh, next steps for the Arizona Cardinals from our boy Chuck Diesel, by the way. Next steps for the Arizona Cardinals and Cardinals in building the team around Josh Rosen and any potential moves they could make prior to the start of the season. Finding offensive linemen. Yeah, hundred percent the biggest Something. thing. Something you know, you know, and I don't know. Maybe I mean keep keep their eyes open for sure to be able to find some guys before the season starts. But Lord Joe Thomas out of retirement. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. There's not there's not a lot of great options for them, you know. They, I mean, they that's that's get... just a you know, in the short term it, it might kind of like be the way that it is um for next year, which 
I mean, it could have it could have success, but I, I, offensive line is just something that you definitely, I think, got to prioritize or keep a major eye on if you're the Cardinals. Uh, certainly, with David Johnson coming off the injury that he had, you want to be able to aid him as much as you can to get all kinds of talent you can out of him because we know that the ceiling for that is very high. And then obviously, you're prized quarterback that you traded up for uh you you want to be able to help those guys as much as you can and rather than get skilled pieces around them which i think they're okay right now i think offensive line is kind of the long-term thing that they're definitely going to need to prioritize they're going to have to keep their eye on with uh free agents coming up with guys who could be potential targets if they're cut from some of these rookie mini camps from around the league uh that's kind of where i would i would see the arizona cardinals needing the most help yeah, agreed. Who is your guy's favorite draft pick from both of your respective teams? Good question. Um, you know, I will say Allen if they convert him to linebacker. If they keep him at safety, I have no idea. How he, I mean, what, is he going to play over their first rounder? I mean, he's better than their first rounder, but um, they got him in the fifth round. You know, he was he wasn't it was a day three guy for me, but an early day three. Um, I mean, James Washington's probably going to make an impact just because he's a wide receiver in Pittsburgh, but I thought it was a round too high for him. You know, I'm I'm not really fond of many of the Steelers picks. Mine would either be Carlton Davis or Ronald Jones. Uh, Carlton, I would lean probably Carlton Davis just because he is so different than, Rojo. than what they have. Rojo was your best pick. I mean, Rojo is a great pick. It's one of the two for sure. Uh, I just really enjoyed seeing them pick Carlton Davis because they have they have not picked a player like him. And even if Davis struggles a little bit might not become a starter because of the ball skills issue because mm-hmm. of locating the ball we'll see that's something that's definitely going to take time too so um It'll we'll start. see with him but i i i think he is i think he is my favorite pick of theirs not only because of the ceiling that he has uh as a longer corner and as a press preference corner but because it showed the mentality that now they are open to changing the, the way that they do things because right. the way they have they have done things does not work. Mm-hmm. Given the Chiefs draft picks and free agent signings, what do you see happening with the defensive front seven? Uh Bailey, Houston this year and down the road. Uh I don't think anything ha- I mean down the road obviously you know, a lot could happen, especially with Bailey and um but I mean it's all Houston, you know, there's been talk like oh, okay, you know, he's declining maybe uh and he's had some serious injuries so i mean i'm not going to totally rule it out but he still looked like a really good pass rusher last year in my opinion i'm excited um, to see what passano does yeah he's gonna play some on the edge ford's gonna play on the edge uh, i guess speaks is gonna play on the edge i don't see that happening but uh, they're probably gonna move speaks around you know chris jones is the main guy but you know fronts are so multiple these days i wouldn't get too caught up in you know the specifics i mean bailey's certainly a good fit for their defense um you know, with with this defense, not a lot will change this year. So, uh, I think that they're valuing more athletic players. Um, you know, those kind of guys, explosive guys. Um, but I don't see anything necessarily happening with the front seven. You know, Naughty's probably going to start. Bailey and Jones are going to start with him, I'm sure. And then they'll have you know Jenkins and uh, Nunez Roches uh, behind them, and and go from there. I think that's how I see it playing out. They needed a nose tackle, really, and they got one. Yeah, and I think you'll see guys like Speaks and Passanio rotate in as interior pass rushers as well. So they wanted to get faster and more athletic in the. Oh, they picked Armani Watts too, huh? Okay, not good. Bad pick. Wow. Uh, Rip. 
Ronald Jones, the next Jamal Charles, or the next Shady McCoy. Oh wow! So either way, he's was that just incredible a statement or a question? Uh, it has a question mark on it, but it is in fact a statement. I think. Um, uh, he is closer to Jamal Charles stylistically than he is to Shady McCoy for sure. Shady's very unique in his style. Not many guys have been successful with Shady's style, and Shady has had to adapt his style. He's not the freelancer that he once was. So definitely more Jamal Charles. O-line had a good run this year, but has been bad slash underutilized last few drafts. What does 2019 draft look like for O-line? Well, it's funny you ask, Dan Field, because we happen to have started our 2019 NFL draft database. And right now at this point, we've done very little film work. I don't think the interior offensive line will be on last year's level, but a lot of people didn't think last year's class would be good until the class rolled around. So anything we can tell class, you is the tackle, tackle class is supposed to be better. good. Yeah. A lot of people have high hopes for Trey Adams, for Jonah Williams from Alabama, both of the Wisconsin tackles, David Edwards and Michael Dieter, uh, Martin Ivey from right? Florida. What's that? Greg, Greg Little from of Mississippi, them. yes. People think that Martez um, Ivy is good from Florida, and he's not. Yeah, he's so. not, but uh, both the Washington kids will probably get look huge guys. Trey Adams almost came out this past year, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, lots of buzz around the names. I haven't gotten a lot of the tape. I've seen a little bit of of these guys. We've seen, like I said, Ivy, we have an opinion on Hyatt. We watched last year because we thought he was probably coming out. I was not high on Hyatt at all. I honestly, it's super early and I could totally change this opinion. But from what I've seen of Jonah Williams watching other people, I think he's super overrated if people think he's going to be like a top five pick. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think he's that type of player at all. Um, but that's what I've seen peripherally. Now I have to focus just on him. That hasn't happened yet. And that's obviously a big part of this. So just offering my early off the surface takes. Uh, I heard mentions of MJ Stewart possibly being moved to safety which was, I think, dismissed by light. But after watching a lot of Carlton Davis, does he seem like a Malcolm Jenkins type to you? Come in as a corner and make the transition. Um, he could because, you know, one of the things in um, the Scott's Fab Five where we kind of got to get some inside information from Jason Light, that's coming out today. So he actually gets into that quote where Jason kind of talks about MJ Stewart. And the thing that he boasts about him is that he is more of a build out defensive back uses physicality more mm-hmm. um is and i think because of that he said his first spot's going to be a nickel they're going to try him at nickel corner uh they're going to see how he fares there but when anytime that you think a guy is boasting physicality as his number one trade that always leaves the door open for you to be able to move to safety i think so it's not where they're going to place him initially but i don't know about malcolm jenkins maybe the path, but like Jenkins is really damn good. So yeah, I, I don't, I mean, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. say he's like a, I wouldn't say he's like a Michael Jenkins, like the next Michael Jenkins or something, but in terms of like the career path of him, maybe starting at defensive or being like a truly just like a DB guy that you move sure. both places. Maybe I guess. Yeah. He played basically linebacker box safety at North Carolina. I mean, he played in the slot too, but I would imagine his role will look somewhat similar. Um, so I don't know what you call it. He's more like a hybrid corner. They don't really do that player. in Tampa, though. Yeah, maybe they changed. I mean, they didn't really do press it's man. Not like it a... looks like things are rolling in a new direction, maybe. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they're trying to get just more speed on the field. He's a versatile guy that can do a lot of things, or maybe he's just a true nickel. I mean, that could that could be that could be the case too. Whose nose is bigger, Josh Rosen or Giselle? <laughs> or whose Giselle Bunchen. 
What did Bryce say in her last Oh, name? um. Rosen's uh, no, nose is for sure bigger, though. Hold on, I'm Rosen's, looking at it. Rosen's nose is. Yeah. Hold that's on. A, that's a sniffer right there. Hold on. Hold on. Got a lot of questions to get to. Come on. You're, yeah, it's Josh Rosen. Yeah, it's Rosen. The real answer is Tremaine Edmonds, but oh my goodness, it's Josh that is Rosen. so true. Tremaine Edmonds, Woo. that is a very true take. Very <laughs> true take. Why didn't the Bears take Josh Sweat? They were doing so well. Uh, yeah, I agree, but it's hard to say when it's a medical concern. I don't. Josh have Sweat. To it, so hard for me a to be critical. A lot of teams had serious concerns about right. Josh Sweat's knee, like that. Like a lot of teams had him completely off of their board. I know that. I have yeah. learned that. Right, um, right, right. His knee injury was. Well, it was substantial in the past. He's played a lot of football since then, but it's like how well will it hold up over time, wear and tear, yeah. stuff like that. So. Yeah. You know, we'll see it, but I get why. I mean, I don't think anybody passed on him because of talent. Let's look at it that way. Which day three pick is most likely to go to the Pro Bowl multiple times? Maybe somebody you've not mentioned a lot, like Josh Sweat or Mo Hurst, though, and not a punter or kicker. No one wants to hear that, but also hashtag free Eddie for Florida kicker Eddie Pinheiro, which is a very true free, statement. Free Eddie, indeed. Um, uh, I think Naheem Hines. The NFL seems like it's moving in that direction. He was an early day okay. three pick, so this is kind of cheating a little bit maybe. But I think the NFL is moving in that direction where that balanced production from the – I mean, look, Alvin Kamara just said, what, 700 yards receiving or 800 yards receiving and 800 yards rushing or 700 yards rushing or something. And Yeah. He, you know, he won over a guy that was a 1,300-yard rusher and led the league in rushing in Kareem Hunt. So, you know, I think yeah, those kind of yeah. players are getting lots of attention, lots of Pro Bowl uh, – the Pro Bowl type attention. So I'm, I'll go with Hines. I will say, I will say two. I'll say Duke Edgefer, who I was really surprised went that late. Yeah. And then, um, oh, he's right in front of me. Uh, DJ Reed from San Francisco. I'll agree. The cornerback. I'll agree. Yeah, he's good. Which teams still have glaring holes after the draft, and which free agents could they target? This is a good question, and I actually Wait, wrote well, about all right. this. Repeat that again. Sorry. Which teams still have glaring holes after the draft? And which free agents could they target? Okay, uh, the Raiders. In terms of free agents, I don't. We we could talk about that maybe on another pod, but it's you know anybody who's still available at this point is really unlikely to be super helpful for a team. There might be one or two guys, right. but you right. know it's just the reality. You of, can't make it. You can't make it through free agency and the draft yeah. like post draft weekend and then expect to be too much. Of, the only thing that I can think of is the safeties that are left that have Austin could help a team. Um, yeah. Eric, Trey Boston help, and Carolina you know, would be perfect. You know, the Panthers, we talked about the other day, they didn't really address free safety or get better there. So um, that's a possibility. But I actually wrote about which teams still have glaring holes. I went to the 12 playoff teams for Pro Football Weekly, and I think that piece just dropped. Yes, it did. I just got notified about it. I'm retweeting it as we speak. Uh, nope, that's a lie. It's uh, coming very soon. It's dropping very soon on Pro Football Weekly. But I wrote about the 12 playoff teams and what holes they need to fill and or what holes that they still have that they're basically just kind of stuck with at this point and they'll have to overcome if they want to repeat last year's success. Um, so that'll be an interesting piece maybe for you, Zach, over on Pro Football Weekly. Uh, notable best player available picks. You know, this is always hard because, for, to be honest, best player available is almost always at some position of need, either immediate need or, 
you know, next year need in terms of this guy. If we take him here and he's here, we love him and it gives us the flexibility to move on from this guy down the road. So I, I really, I know a lot of people just to put, you know, pure best player available. It rarely goes down that way. It's almost always seen as a need by the team. So, and, right. I, and I can I almost mean, see feel, it as a need. You, you fill out your draft board via needs, right? you know, like if, you know, like, yeah, it's people, people love to talk best player available, but like the Buccaneers had Vita Vea as their number four overall player, right. you know, no other team had him that high, but he, what he's going to do for the Buccaneers makes him valuable. That's why he's number four on their board. So like talking about play, picking best player available, that player is the quote unquote best player available to the Buccaneers on their draft board. And that's not the case on other teams. So people love to get into that best player available slash versus versus a need. Mm-hmm. Like it's a one or the other. Right. And I'm telling not. you, they just both of them always exist one in the same. Yeah. If you are a good scouting department. Right. It's and never as it's never as cut and dry as people think it is. For the Bucks take putting Vea number four, they I'm like they don't have any quarterbacks on their board, right? Correct. So, I mean, there's right. obviously they're taking right. players off. You know why they're taking them off? Because there's no chance of them filling a need. You know, right. so that was kind of a situation where it applied really directly. Uh, what does a quarterback look like and why is it Josh Allen? <laughs> <laughs> quarterback looks like Josh Allen, man. Anything else just ain't cutting it. The you know, Eagles, just a, you know, just a, he looks like a Buffalo Bills kind of quarterback. Just, you know what I'm saying? so blue. Just a blue collar guy. The bluest you know? collar I've ever seen. The, e- <laughs> the Eagles, Steelers, and Panthers. Blue is the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> Get out of here. The Eagles, Steelers, and Panthers didn't address free safety. Would you agree that this was just a bad free safety class? Lots of box guys after round two, but not many single high players. I would actually say there's three different types of safeties now, not just two different types. I would say there's the the box linebacker, true strong safety hybrid types. There's the big nickel types of safety, which there was a lot of in this class um, that, that really excel in man coverage. There's some guys that can do multiple, obviously, and then there's your single high free safeties. And really, everybody should be able to play two high, cover two type plays. Not everybody can make plays on the ball, so dock them accordingly in that. But everybody should be able to, you know, if you're a safety, you should be able to play on the back end. If you're not, you're basically a linebacker. Um, so I think, and a lot of teams are moving toward three safety looks. So still valuable, but I would agree there are not a lot of true free safety, single high type guys in this class at all. The Steelers had a shot at him. The Eagles did too. The Eagles have one in McLeod, so they're fine. Um, I don't really think the Eagles needed to address free safety. I know the future is kind of in question, but no, I think they were okay. The Steelers and Panthers both needed to, both didn't, both took safeties that didn't, weren't free safeties. Um, and now, yeah, it's going to be a weakness for both of them because of it. Uh, let's hear your way too early top five prospects for 2019. Uh, I don't even, I think Raekwon Davis might is the best player I've seen, but I've only seen everybody peripherally. So I, I would say no clue. I would say Ed Oliver, Nick Bosa, Raekwon Davis. Uh, Those would be the three guys that I know would be in there. I'm trying to think off the top of my head if there's anybody glaring. Because I don't know enough of the offensive line dudes. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some of them, but there's no, I can't think of anybody that way now. But remember last year we did this in the summer. End of the summer we gave rankings, and I like 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 three players. Like, everybody improved so much your last year. Dudes rise yeah. up that you never saw. I mean, I wasn't high on the class in general, but... I love... A guy who I really love is Amon Richards, the wide receiver from Miami. Yeah, he's very talented. 
he's very extremely talented. T- I don't know. I don't know if he'd be like a top five, but like I would. I would. Him and Damian Harris are two prospects that I really like. Yeah, I like Rodney Harris- Anderson too, the running back from Oklahoma. Oh I yeah, he was. He's, yeah, he just kind of lit it up last year. Um, at the end of last year, for sure. Right. No, no, I don't know if these guys would be top five. There's a cornerback named Greedy Williams from uh, from LSU. Yeah, yeah. Imagine having a good cornerback named Greedy. Yeah, that would be phenomenal. Also, another guy to watch. Everybody's going to talk about TJ Edwards coming back for Wisconsin. I think he's like a barely draftable type of guy. But Ryan Connolly, the other Wisconsin linebacker, if he tests well, man, he looks super good on tape peripherally when I was watching other guys. So. I've heard it one too many times. Please make it stop. Will you please tell people that Quentin Nelson isn't going to play right tackle? Quentin Nelson isn't going to play right tackle. How quickly did you excuse your team's picks? I didn't excuse them at all, and Steelers fans hated me for it. You didn't excuse him because your team picked well. Yep. For the most part. I saw somewhere that the Steelers may try and bulk Terrell Edmonds up to play middle linebacker, dear Lord. If this is true, would you be a fan of this move? That is not true, and... That would be horrendous because you know why stop there? You know, just put him at D end. <laughs> he would you be know? better at D end than he would be, to be honest, for pass rush situations. The middle linebacker you you have to be the have him go on the mental... large pizza a day diet. Oh my word! And then just put him at the end. First of all, he said he saw somewhere that the Steelers. Wherever you saw that, never see it again. <laughs> Don't visit never visit anymore. that website <laughs> again. Don't do it. Why don't the 49ers like athletic pass rushers in the draft? Cantavius <laughs> Street is the in the fourth round, coming off a torn ACL, worst pick by a mile. We did discuss that we didn't like this pick, but I think it's kind of a little crazy to say the 49ers don't like athletic pass rushers when they just took Solomon Thomas, who's one of the most athletic pass rushers in ages. I mean, look at his testing compared to his weight. Uh, when you weight adjust it, he was just a complete freak all the way around. Um, so they do like him. Straight in the fourth, you know, at that point, you're trying to get, I think, uh, I mean, he's 282 pounds. This guy's going to play I just don't inside. get why they didn't pick Josh Sweat there. Yeah, if you're picking a guy with concerns, just take Or they could have picked, eh, no, Oboe. Oboe didn't test well, did he? He ran like a 4.8. That's probably going to yeah. doom you. Uh, Trace McSorley is QB1, right? <laughs> no. Sweet Jesus, no. no. If he is QB1. We've got a long draft season. You know what the thing is with Trace McSorley, and I kind of talked about this earlier this week, he is going to get the Mayfield comps from people who defend him for the next 365 days and even longer. People are going to say that he is Mayfield. They're just going to point to the measurables and the attitude and kind of the swagger that McSorley has. Like all that stuff is somewhat Mayfield-esque, but – Mayfield's arm was so much better than McSorley's. His arm was better. He's better. He's better decision. Way better right. decision maker. Way better he's mental put, processor. You know, it just they're not the same quarterback no. guys. They're, they're totally different. And just anybody, like Baker I know people was not it, Manziel. Right. McSorley is not Baker. It's all. It's all bad. Who'd win in a fight, Sam Darnold or Josh Allen? <sighs> Josh Allen, bro. I don't know. In a fight? I don't know. I think it would be a bad fight. Let's put it that way. Bad um, fight. Darnold's Darnold's got a big chin, so Baker would kick everyone's tail in this quarterback class. Don't even care about size, yeah. except for Lamar. Yeah. He couldn't get Lamar. Could, I don't think he could catch Lamar. Anybody could. Lamar would just you know weave and weave and punch. You know, Lamar would have it down. It would That's be true. Lamar and Baker last two standing if all five quarter top quarterbacks fought. Donald looks like he's got a soft chin, so you get him with yeah. one uppercut, and that boy's going down. That, yeah, those cheeks are just you know he just has that real. 
you know, you know what I'm saying? Fluffy face. You know what I'm saying? Face, you know, yeah. hit him with you just hit him with one haymaker. I think yeah. that guy's going down. Yeah, his whole yeah, for sure. He's getting dropped. Uh did the Bills get the wrong Josh? Yes, they yes. did. Yep. Sorry, Bills fans, it sucks. How do you incorporate projection and potential in your evaluations? It's a good question. It's very difficult to do. I look for guys who are physically ready because if you're not physically ready and you're not mechanically, technically ready, man, it's a big uphill climb. I look for guys who are physically ready, who play with the right temperament and demeanor, who have the athleticism not only in testing, but also on tape, you know, in terms of bend and flexibility and things like that for certain positions. Um, and guys who are committed to the game, who love the sport, who work hard, who play hard, you know, that kind of stuff. That's the best I can do. That's why I ended up being – I thought T.J. Watt's tape was pretty bad, to be honest. Like, he didn't really make much of an impact at all. But once the athletic testing showed up and I knew he was a guy that was committed to the sport, worked his tail off, had great, you know, work ethic and all that. And, um, you know, he was one of those guys that if you're going to bet on an upside guy, this is probably about as safe as it's going to get. So you kind of pick some of those guys. And I felt the same way about Marlon Humphrey. And one year in, it worked out better for both of them than I could have thought it would have. And I probably wasn't high and enough fit, on Watt. But. Team fit means a lot too, obviously. Yeah, you oh know, yeah. And that's you know that's part of the scouting process that, that we can never determine. Uh, how coaches want to use guys, their their tendencies, all that kinds of stuff, goes into how they eventually have success. You know, We can have our own rankings, but – you know, people can look back on our rankings and I don't say that I don't say this as a cop out again. Like I don't I want to be right, but I don't care that much about it. You know, like right. it, it doesn't ruin who I like what I think or how much I love to do this. But people kind of like point out like, oh, well, you were wrong about this guy. And there might have been a lot of outside circumstances that went into it. You know, mm-hmm. personality things that, that we don't necessarily get to have our hands on how coaches have used guys, things like that. And so all we can do is be as detailed as we can. Like you said there, the the non-teachable stuff is the stuff that you obviously have to work look at first because you never want a guy starting behind the eight ball. You never want to already have a prospect who you like be betting against the status quo. If you don't have to, you would rather them start on um, the, 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 the higher part of the curve. And so – that's kind of where you start with it. Then obviously you get into the, the traits and the skills and see where the, the potential and the ceiling could take you. You talk about fit after that of where would be good landing spots. And that's kind of all of, of where scouting and shaping how you evaluate guys is constantly evolving, finding better ways to do that with without the complete information that the, most of the time we're just never going to have. We just want to mm-hmm. try to be as accurate as we can with it and kind of learn uh, as we go along with this. So. Carlos says, first of all, I wanted to thank you guys. I learned a lot following you this year. Can't wait for next draft process. Thank you, Carlos. We appreciate that a appreciate lot. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, now the question, who has been your personally most unpopularly hyped player who turned out to be a stud? So somebody who wasn't popularly hyped that turned out to be a stud. Oh, I that Adrian we liked? Yeah, that we liked. You know, I'm trying to think of people that the media – didn't the like the big media didn't didn't hide in this draft or like and other people draft. that analyze the draft didn't in any draft i think uh because not, nothing's happened with this draft yet in terms of turning out to be a stud but adrian amos for the bears i had a second round grade on him i felt like nobody talked about him at all um where did he get picked i don't even remember um but he i think he was a day three pick and now he's i mean he and eddie jackson were one of the best safety tandems in the league last year but i was a big adrian amos fan that's just the first guy that came to my mind he was a fifth round I, pick. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, some Florida maybe guy. Jarvis Landry, because like I love Jarvis oh, Landry. Yeah. I did too. Coming out. Yeah, 
Like Jarvis Landry was, I think, I don't, I don't know if he ended as my like wide receiver too, but oh, he was gosh. either wide receiver that two class, or wide receiver three for me. Oh my. Yeah. He was like wide receiver six for me, but I was still super high on him. That no, class was I think, loaded. I think Landry was wide receiver three for me. You didn't have him over Odell, did you? No, Odell was two. Okay, so Watkins was one. You had him over Mike Evans? No, I think I think Mike Evans was one. Watkins was like four for you. Yeah, I think. Oh, wow. That's I think crazy. I had Jarvis Landry over Sammy Watkins. Wow, that's nuts. I mean, hasn't really turned out that to be that bad of a look. <laughs> does Tar- I was super high on Jarvis Landry. Does Tavares McFadden make the Niners 53? No. Probably not. I don't know. They do have some space. It's possible. What was your most hyped up draft pick that blew up in your face? Uh, the one I remember the most recently is Jonathan Bullard. Well, so far, two years in, he hasn't done anything. But he's one of the top guys in their depth chart, so I'm holding out hope. This is the year. This is the year. I loved him. He was like 13 on my board. Um, Matt Elam for me. Shaq Lawson has also been a total disappointment. I know he's been hurt too, but total disappointment. Did you say, oh, Matt Elam, yeah. Yeah. We we both got burnt by Florida guys, so. Uh, What do you expect from James Washington in Pittsburgh, and do you expect him to make a real impact with a new receiver coach developing him? Yeah, I mean – He's going to play. He's clearly the number three receiver in Pittsburgh right now. He's going to play. If you play in that offense and you have any idea what you're doing, you're going to get production. I mean, Martavis was terrible last year, and he still was, you know, getting tons of opportunities. And I don't think Washington will be as bad as he was last year, so, as uh, Martavis was last year. So, yeah, I think there'll be an impact there. Now, could they have done better? I, I mean, yeah, this wasn't a great receiver class. And I would have, I think Anthony Miller was actually even off the board at that point. Yeah. So. Um, I, I was okay with Washington, given given the fact that there were others off the board. I would have preferred Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, order the top five rookie quarterbacks by who starts quickest for their teams. Uh, Lamar's last because they're going to ride with Flacco for way too long. Josh Allen probably starts first. <laughs> There's nobody on his team. Yeah, no, uh, Josh Allen is. I think Josh Allen's probably one. Just because there's no competition, not because he'll be ready. I think McCarron will still start, but Allen and Rosen and Mayfield. Oh no, Darnold probably starts too. I mean, McCown is getting. I think it'll go. I think it'll go. Allen. I think it'll go. Allen Mayfield. Uh. Darnold and Rosen is just a toss up. I think it's Darnold first. I think it's Darnold. Yeah. Darnold Rosen. Or Darnold, Darnold, Mayfield, Rose, and Allen. But I think all start by like week five. Yeah. Some of it. I mean, it's going to depend on injury, honestly, in a lot of these situations. Uh, you guys locked in for another year of draft coverage on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Nope, you, this is it. See ya. <laughs> you freaking know we are. Uh, yeah, we'll be doing this year, year round. Uh, so we'll be talking draft. We'll talk NFL too. We talk about all kinds of stuff, man. We're going to talk about Infinity War once I go see it tonight. So. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. Oh, I thought we were supposed to talk about it today. Well, we we could if I had seen it, but I'm not seeing it till tonight. Yeah, so dude. Make it hard. Chomping at the bit over here. I'm sorry. We're going to have to give out big spoiler alerts because I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Joe Flacco, elite. <laughs> no. Heck no. You don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> all right, whatever. All right, that's it. We got almost every single question in, so that was good enough. But uh, as always... Thank you guys for listening. 
We'll be back next week. We'll review all the AFC drafts from all 16 AFC teams. Looking forward to it. Until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown NFL Draft.